0: This is Caps PA announcer, Wes Johnson, and you're listening to What The Puck! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What The Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, what is up, everybody? It is a Friday night. Friday night here as we're recording this episode, and the trade deadline has passed. Uh, Joining me as always to talk all about it, Coach Dan, he's here. What's going on, man? This might be... The most active trade deadline we've ever covered.
1: In terms of number of trades over the past like week or two weeks, yeah, definitely. Seems like it is one of, if not the craziest one. Uh, No, not even, not the craziest one, but the most number of trades is probably the least grammatic way I could have put that. But um, (laughs) it's been a bit crazy in terms of the number of trades. I feel like we've had ones that were like, what? like someone got traded this I don't feel like anything now there were not any trades that made me like go wow there's one that made me go wow but more because of the tenure that a player was with the team and Jonathan Quick we'll talk about that later you know what trade deadline came and went uh you know caps did some stuff how do you feel
0: about it caps did some stuff definitely I I feel like this is the most memorable one we have covered caps wise because they're, they've been so active. Like, yes, we saw a uh, Stanley Cup champion Jacob Verana leave town uh, the last couple years or so. But I kind of feel like they've been quiet or they've done depth moves or they brought in Martin Erat. Like, th- those are the ones that come to mind for the Capitals. This one, though, it was the floodgates have opened. This team is a selling team. And I'm looking through the notes that that you kind of put together, and I don't know what to call this because you you're, you're putting in the notes. It's not a retool, it's not a I rebuild. That's what everyone
1: keeps talking about, and I'm like, I'm not really seeing the tool uh, aspect of it, right? Like, retooling implies that you've brought in, you're you're adjusting the roster, right? You're say you trade, you know, in the past, if it was Verona for Mantha, and then you make, you know, one or two other trades where you're, like, just switching a couple of guys around, sending out three guys, bringing in three guys like that. Okay, that's a retool. You're kind of fixing the roster a little bit. To me, this wasn't a retool, but I also – I wouldn't call it a rebuild either because – Right. Everybody that left the roster, all five guys, they're all scheduled to be unrestricted free agents who are potentially gone anyways in a couple of months.
0: So – So I is this really Brilliant. Like, is this brilliant? The fact that you got something back in return for guys that were probably going to be not signed again anyway.
1: I would say I
0: don't know if I would say brilliant,
1: but I would. It was. It, I think it was the right thing to do considering where this team is at because this is just not a good team this season. They are an average. I feel like every time we talk about them, we're like, yeah, they're an okay team. They're a good team. They're an okay team. They're an average team. They're a below average team. Like if you look at how they've been playing lately, they're not a. They're not a playoff team. They're not the worst team, even though they lost to the worst team. Right? Then they went and beat them in their own house, but they're, a, they're, they're an okay team. They're an average team. This is not a playoff team. This is a team that isn't going anywhere. If they were in a playoff hunt, if they were fighting for the division, if they had a shot to do something in the playoffs or even make the playoffs, then I think a number of these moves don't happen, but looking at where they're at, I think McClellan looked at the roster. He looked at some of the ages of some of these guys. He looked at the realities of what they're going to want likely in the offseason in terms of um, dollars and and years of they would want on a contract or a new contract. I think he looked at and he went, this isn't working like this isn't going to work out. They were the average age wise, the second oldest team in the National Hockey League at the beginning of the season. And that's a problem. Because as we've seen, injuries have been a major issue. And it's not just all the old guys that are getting hurt. You know, some of the young guys are getting hurt. Uh, Favari is out. You know, we don't know if he's going to play in the next game. We've had some younger guys that have gotten hurt during the season. Beck Mallinson came up from Hershey. He was playing really well. And then he, you know, was it blocked a shot. And then he was out. Um, And now he's back in Hershey. I think setting dudes up for assists uh, in tonight's game. And so I, I don't know what to call this thing. I don't know what you would call it. But I think they made the right moves. I don't think they made enough moves. Um, but I think they definitely got did the right thing because I don't think if they waited till the offseason, they would have been able to like get the draft picks that they got. And I know there's some concern about those. We can talk about that in a minute, but I'm curious for your thoughts in terms of like what they did. I like the moves they made. Um I just wish they made a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think that these were all necessary uh moves. But I also think that we're in a weird spot right now because Alexander Ovechkin re-signed with this team to finish his career in the NHL to be a capital. He's chasing the Gretzky record, and there was a promise that this team's going to do everything they can to be contenders— for another Stanley Cup because Ovi's got, uh, you know, a a minimal amount of time left. He's got, what, four years left in that contract. So for you to throw away this season and potentially throw away next season, uh, that really says something. Like, are we trying to get a Stanley Cup while Ovechkin's still here? I still feel like he's the guy that will lead a team to a Stanley Cup. But if you're going through and you're— making all these trades and getting all these draft picks that, you know, if you're picking in the second, third, fourth round of the NHL draft, those are guys you don't see for maybe five, six, seven years. You know, you let them go finish off college, play in the World Juniors, play in the AHL for a little bit, and then potentially they come up. None of these draft picks are going to be people that Ovechkin plays with. None of them. So we're in a weird spot right now because this is – This is Ovi's final chance for a Stanley Cup, at least with the Capitals, and we're kind of looking past Ovi, which I know is a necessity. Ovi's not going to play forever. I realize that. But we promised the guy we're going to be contenders. The Caps will be contenders for the Stanley Cup as long as you're here. And pretty much right now what we're admitting is we're not contenders this year. We probably won't be next year either, but we're going to try to right the ship once you're gone.
1: Well, I definitely think, and it's funny because I think either uh, Japers Rink or Peerless brought this up on Twitter in terms of, like, these draft picks are not going to help the Caps right now. Nope. You know, that first-round pick that they got from Boston and the Orlov for half. Well, real quick, let's go through the dra- the trades the Caps made, and I'll get back to my point. So first there was Orlov and Hathaway went to Boston for Craig Smith, who's also scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. A first in 2023, a second in 2025. I also found a lot of these trades from throughout the NHL were, like, Draft picks in 2025, 2026. And I was like, I just, I want to know how that conversation goes down. We're like, all right, we want a third round pick. We want an year. Like, no, no, no. You can have it in two years. And you're like, what? Who's thinking that far ahead right. in terms of like, you know what? I definitely need a third round pick in 2026. Like, that's going to be what right. makes our team great.
0: Right? That's just weird. So but hold Marcus on. Young... But before you bring up that, uh, I just want yeah. to point out that Orlov Hathaway to Boston trade, the day yeah, after we day after oh, oh, we recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Every freaking time they do that. And like yeah. Minnesota was involved in that trade. And i we don't have to go through that because it's going to make my head hurt. Like trying to figure that out as it went down was so painful. And it was like the Caps got this other kid that's like a 26-year-old who's playing in Russia right now. But then, nope, he's going to Boston. No, he's going to the Caps. So I was like, can someone tell me what's happening? So then there was Marcus Johansson. He got sent. That's the second time the Caps have traded him. Just, I don't know. I kind of feel like if I'm him, I'm starting to take it a little personally. To the same um, team, wasn't it? No, they sent him before to New Jersey. No, New,
0: Jer- New Jersey. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah.
1: So this time they sent him to, Minnes- it was, he, they sent him to Minnesota, who he had played for before. That's what it is, so right. So he's back in Minnesota. They got a 2024 third-round pick. They sent Eric Gustafson in Boston's first-round pick to Toronto for defenseman Rasmus Sandin, who I'm actually – this is sounding pretty exciting about this kid. We'll talk about him in a minute. And then they sent Lars Eller, who scored arguably the greatest goal in Caps history – Winning them the Stanley Cup. I actually thought they had a nice little, uh, on Twitter, a nice thank you to him in terms of um, capturing uh, Emmerich's comment as Eller scored, where it was, uh, it's Eller, it's four to three capitals. Yep. Uh, They sent him to Colorado for a 2025. What? What? So far in the future. 2025 second round pick. So those are the deals that the Caps made in terms of trades. But you're looking at one, two, three, four. Five draft picks, four they're actually keeping, because they sent that, again, Boston's first round pick to Toronto for Sandin. And you're looking at that going, well, none of those guys that they draft there, if they even make it to the NHL, are going to be able to help during the Ovechkin era. He's got three years left on his deal after this season, assuming he doesn't sign another contract. And you're looking at it going, well, that's a problem. But then I was listening to Brian McClellan earlier today on – he had a press conference after the deadline. He was answering a bunch of questions from different reporters. and one of the things that stood out to me was he talked about the draft picks and how they're acquiring. And this is, um, you know, this is not verbatim, but he was talking about acquiring draft capital. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And he's talking about how he can also use them in the summer to turn those picks into players. And so is it taking those picks and making trades to other teams to bring in someone that can help now or taking those picks and, and a player that's on the roster to move them out, to bring in someone right now. So just because they went out at the moment, and didn't bring anybody in that can necessarily help them retool, as a number of people are talking about, myself included, that doesn't mean they're not going to in the summer. And so I think we have to wait a little bit and see what they decide to do with these four extra draft picks that they've got, because those picks can turn into players that can come in and help out. And maybe you do a thing like they did with, um, like, Brooks pick years ago, and they sent him to Colorado. He ended up getting bought out and then came back. Or they right. did with the Richard P- Who did Ponick get traded with? Why am I blanking on that one? Ponic got sent. Was that the one with Verona for Mantha? No, that doesn't sound right. No, that's not right. It doesn't matter. Anyways, Ponic was added on to a trade because they were like, you got to take him too. Like We need him off the books. And so that's something they very likely could do with like Anthony Mantha, who didn't end up getting traded, or someone in the offseason. How mad so let- are you that
0: I- Mantha wasn't traded?
1: I'm not mad. I just don't understand it. <laughs> like, he's not producing. The thing is, like, some of this stuff, like, okay, you're making these trades and you're freeing up cap space for this season. All those dudes were scheduled to be unrestricted free agents next year, so their cap hit didn't mean anything for next season. So in terms of helping the salary cap for this year, which, given how they're going, doesn't really matter anymore, but given their salary cap for this season doesn't freaking help. But, considering they suck, it doesn't really matter because they weren't going to go out and bring in, like, a Timo Meyer or someone that was going to cost a bit more. He ended up going to the Devils. That Someone was going to cost a bit more to help them now. Like, if they were in win-now mode, which... You know, it'd be great if they were, but if they were in win now mode for this season, I think Mantha potentially was on his way out because of his cap hit. But the fact that they're not, they're probably like, screw it, we'll try again in the summer. Like, there's not no deal to be had right now that necessarily would help them, and I don't think they necessarily want to throw in the towel. Like, they didn't go. Here's the thing I was thinking about. They Richard didn't go Richard tra-
0: Ponick, by the way, was a part of the Verona deal.
1: Oh, the guys that they traded, and, and this is gonna sound meaner than I'm intending, but that none of the guys that they traded were like dramatically helping them this season, aside from, like, Dimitri Orlov.
0: What, what about and Johansson? Ter- Wasn't he, like, the the second highest? No, but that was the problem,
1: is that, <laughs> yeah, like, yes. But what I mean, and I know someone out there is like, you're an idiot. Like, no, that's not what I mean. What, what I'm saying is none of them were, like, keeping them close to the playoffs. Like, they, right. w- leave the team as they are and make none of these trades. They're still going to suck, and they're still not going to make the playoffs. Like, they – the Capitals and the Penguins are both kind of in the same boat to an extent. The Penguins are better than the Caps this season. That's what the standings show, and the standings don't lie. So the Penguins are going all in to try and win this season, and I don't think it's going to work out. The Caps were like, this is not working out. We need to – little bit. you know what they did? We're calling it a reboot. They're going to reboot after the season. They've gone – you know what? It's the old Nintendo. You know They're taking the game out. They're blowing in the, the little cartridge – they're blowing in the machine. They're going to reset and try again next season. That's what the Caps did. They went out and they got draft capital to try and be able to make some trades to reboot this roster in the offseason. So that's I, – and I think it was the right move. I think Orlov's the only one, which he would have probably cost too much money after the season or in the summer, but he's the only one that I would think that I would go back and go, well, you know what? I really think he was the guy that really could help this team or was doing really well if i seen this passing. Hathaway was nice to have, but – and no offense, but there's a lot of guys that can play the way the Hathaway can play. He's very good. He's the guy you want if you're a team that's going to go into the playoffs because he's going to be hard-nosed, physical guy, which he's the gonna... Caps, They don't need that right now. I mean, they need that, but they don't they're not they don't need him pushing for them to in the playoffs like cuz they're not going to be in the playoffs. Johansson's nice to have, but I'd rather have someone that's a bit younger that could probably produce to the same extent. Gustafson actually really liked. I like what he was doing, but I think that opportunity to bring in a guy like Rasmus Sandin, who I'll admit firsthand, I know nothing about him. When I saw the trade, I was like, I didn't even get his name right. I thought it was Sundin. I was like, that's kind of cool. Be like, you know, the Sundins of the past. So, um, I you know I did a little research on him, but Maple Leafs Twitter is pissed that they gave oh, this kid up, and like he good. got buried in their depth chart, and he uh, you know had I think a couple of injury issues earlier in the season. And, you know, that's going to happen. But they're not happy. I mean, he was a first-round pick by the Maple Leafs back in 2018. He's only 22 years old. He signed through next season, so they have some time to see what they've got there. He's uh, uh, apparently an offensive defenseman, but he's willing to lay a hit. Like, he's not afraid to hit somebody. You know, he could be a really nice piece that just got added. This defense just got younger, where at one point the only guy under 30 years old was Martin Favari. Now you got favari you've got Sandine, you've got alexiev who should be getting more minutes going forward they just brought up vincent iorio and uh who's the other kid they brought up i'm blanking on his first name was it garrett garnett where did it go gabriel sorry i knew it was the g gabriel carlson they brought them up they're both according to McCullough, they're both going to suit up in the game tomorrow against brandon i have no idea i don't remember who they're playing tomorrow san jose san jose so you know these are young guys that are getting opportunities to play in the nhl which is what they need this team is getting younger which they so badly have needed this season they just took too freaking long to do it like if they'd gone in december and or although they're playing well in december so they wouldn't have really had a reason to but january even started making some of these moves and try to bring in some younger guys that not necessarily like ioria or carlson um But how many people, by the way, if this uh, Carlson kid turns out to stick around, are going to be confused by there being two Carlson's. But one of them has like two S's in their name. Like how many fans are like they they spelled his name wrong? Yeah. People are going to be very confused. But it's, you know, I like what they're doing. I think the rest of the season is an opportunity to play some of these young guys. I'm a little worried that Laviolette's the guy that's doing it because I don't think he likes playing young players. I think he likes having the veterans there because they played in the NHL. They know what they're doing. And that's what you... Technically, want on a playoff bound team, but that's just not the Caps right now.
0: The thing about Dmitry Orlov, you got to think about too. Uh, a lot of people I brought your this. Boy. Up. No, I was I was never a huge fan, but it was really weird to see him in a Bruins jersey the yes. first time I did. But he's a free agent after this year, so technically he could be a rental for these guys. There's nothing stopping him becoming a Capital again, July first. No, thank you. You don't want it?
1: No. So because I, I think it's going to cost too much money. And I think that's not the issue the Caps have. Here's my my top six for next he does, season. He doesn't
0: take a, a, a Russian home discount to be with his boy Ovi. No,
1: I think he needs to go out because it's going to be probably his last big contract. My guess is he's looking for six years, seven years, probably eight million a year, something no. like that. Like that's my guess. I mean, he's what thirty years old. He's this is his last big contract, likely unless that he gets long? like a two year deal. That. I'm guessing, but that's my guess. That's he's going to be looking for something like that. So you're looking at, he wants to get a nice big deal to, that's his business big opportunity, right? To get a big free agency contract. I don't know who he's going to get it with. You know, maybe Boston finds a way to bring him back. I don't know what their cap situation's like, but um, no, because I see assuming everybody's healthy and ears don't get hit again with pucks. You're looking at John Carlson with Favari, you're looking at likely Sandine and Jensen, who just they re upped and then he proceeded to get injured right after getting re upped. Uh, he signed Jensen signed a three year, $12.15 million deal. Cap it comes out to 4.05. A little bit high for me in terms of I think, although he's had a really good season. But you know what? He's 30 years old. He turned, so he'll be what, 33 by the end of his deal. I don't think that's a big problem. I think you don't want to go completely, you know, Carlson and a bunch of young guys because there's young guys are going to make more mistakes. And so that's a problem for a team that wants. To be back in the playoffs next season, but I think you have, like I said, Carlson, Favari, you have uh, um, Sandine and Jensen, and then, but you know, do you bring back Trevor Van Riemsdyk who didn't get traded and have him pair up with the um, Alexiev, and there's your sixth defenseman next season. And I, you know what? I don't necessarily mind that Alexiev needs an opportunity to play. I think he can, you know, as long as he comes in and has a good camp, I think that should be his spot. And then you've got, you know, an older guy that's been in the league for a while with a younger guy who's still, you know, Safari's still young, but he's been around for a while now, but you've got a nice group of six defensemen who can play in the NHL and there's still opportunities for other guys to come up and, and, and get minutes.
0: So what are the chances now, do you think? So I guess you already kind of said it, but you think this team is not making the playoffs this year. They've got 19 games left. Is this is this a tank so we get a chance to be the number one draft pick, or is this just a play as hard as you can and, and we'll land where we'll we land?
1: The second option. I think they play as hard as they can. I think they're going to give more minutes to young guys, at least on the defense. They didn't bring in any young guys on offense. But I think, you know, you bring in the the young guys on defense, you let them get some minutes. You know, it looks like we won't see John Carlson until maybe the end of March, early April, towards the end of the season. Maybe he gets a couple of games at the end. But, I, you know, the young guys need to get minutes in the NHL, and this is their opportunity too. But I think this is a cap scene that just didn't work, and so they decided to reboot it a little bit, and we'll see what happens in the offseason. But I want the young guys to play, and they, you know, they'll end up where they end up, but it's not going to be in the playoffs. And it would be an epic hell of a run. If they go into make the play, like they have to win almost all of their remaining 19 games and hope for a little bit of luck. I if you. I imagine if you win most of your 19 games, you're probably getting in luck or no luck. Um, but they're going to have to go on one heck of a winning streak to be able to make the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to tank. I don't think when you have a guy like Ovechkin on the roster, you're going to be able to tank because he scores goals. So I, you know, I would imagine you let the young guys play, and let's see what happens.
0: So do you, wh- what kind of reboot do you think this is going to be? Is this going to be like, you know, The Force Awakens, or is this going to be like Bewitched or something like that? They didn't start over.
1: I'm I don't even to... like Star Wars, and I'm, like, arguing for it. What am I doing? Well,
0: like the, um, all right, so I, what was that? So it was a
1: – What's a good – I'm trying to think of a good reboot there. You I'm, know what? It's well, like usually the, a good reboot for you. I think it's like going to be like Batman Begins. When they rebooted the Batman franchise, that's what it's going to be. Not I didn't really care for the Batman, like it, the one with Pattinson. That one was fine, a little long. Catwoman didn't even have to be in there. No, disrespectful to her character to have her in there as just for show. Like give her something to work with. That was embarrassing for her. A great actress, great character. Gave them gave her nothing to do. It was a pointless. Like if you guys don't like Catwoman. She needs to be more involved in the overall story. You could take her out, and you'd have the same story. That's a problem. The villains okay. were the
0: best part of the Batman. Like I couldn't stand. Well, Paul Pattinson. Dano's a
1: fantastic actor. Yeah, Pattinson was fine. Nah. He was fine. I, for me, the best Batman's Christian Bale, and yeah. it's um, uh, uh, Nolan. But I also Christopher Nolan's my favorite director. But I'm saying it. You know, Cap's got a reboot like Batman Begins. They're going to go into the off season. They're going to fix a couple things up. And they'll get a little bit younger. I mean, they've already done that by re-signing Milano and Strom. I think they're you know. Another piece that I thought was interesting from McClellan's press conference today is he talked about the, the core group of Caps guys are a bit older, and he kind of subtly said it, but he slid in there that the core might change in the offseason.
0: He did say so that. So I do
1: wonder if he's looking at it going, you know what, some of these guys. And if I had to make a guess, I would say the core is Ovechkin, Backstrom, if we're just talking forwards in my mind. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Oshie. That's the core. Oh, and Tom Wilson. You're not moving Tom Wilson, although I don't know if you saw that joke going around on Twitter. Did you send that to me? I about that so. dude Tyler Kennedy used to play for the Penguins talked about how Tom Wilson was getting traded to the Penguins stay tuned
0: <laughs> I did not and see it, that
1: Caps Twitter was like what and it no he was screwing around and messing with people which was kind of funny cuz I saw it and I was like huh no uh and then I was like no wait they would never do that the caps I mean they would never do that No. so I I thought that was funny but no I mean Wilson I, if there's three untouchable guys on this roster probably four Carlson, Wilson, Ovechkin, Backstrom. You're not trading Ovechkin and Backstrom because you want them to retire as Capitals. You know, if something comes up and their contract ends and then they decide to sign up for another team, that's a different story. But you're not trading Tom Wilson because well, you think he's going to be the next captain. I think yep. it's John Carlson. He's the next I captain. I think it's either him or Carlson. And I don't think you trade John Carlson because he's your best defenseman, ear or no ear. And so I did think it was interesting that McClellan said that. So I think it's either Oshie, which would be disappointing, or Kuznetsov, who I think... Definitely gets you more in a return. Oshi, I feel like, is a guy you trade at the deadline. Like, I'm almost a little surprised he didn't get traded at this trade deadline. Because he's a guy that a, a team like a Boston or Carolina, as much as, oh, I'd hate to see him in Carolina colors. Although they're basically the same colors we have. But like that, he's a guy that I feel like you would trade because a, a, another team would be like, oh, you know, he could help kind of push us to that next level that really gives us an opportunity to win. The problem is he's got two more years left on a deal that pays him. It's got a cap at of 5.75. So that's a tough choice for another team. So I thought that was really interesting from McClellan that he talked about potentially moving out some of the, not some, but potentially that the core might change in the off season. And that could have been as simple as like, well, Milano and Strom are now part of the core. That's not how I, I was gonna say read it, but it's audio. So that's not what I heard. What I heard is, Someone as part of this core might be moving out.
0: Yeah, that was very interesting. I think, I I mean, Kuznetsov. There was, I mean, we were begging to let him go last year. If you remember, you and I were both saying like, "This is it. He's done. Move on." Made sense to me. Yeah, but he he's kind of done better this year. I don't think he's perfect, but. He's done a little bit better this year. Tom Wilson, he's your next captain, so he's the guy that takes over after Ovi leaves. Ovi, like you said, Ovi and Backstrom, they're not going anywhere. So I could see a guy like TJ Oshi, who is kind of injury-prone, potentially leaving, and maybe this is more of a I'm I'm-ready-to-call-it-quits type of thing. Maybe it's him just going, I think it's time to hang him up. Although I don't, TJ Oshi doesn't seem like that type of guy who is going to voluntarily leave the game, but... I don't know. It's I mean, he's only
1: 36. Like he's yeah. definitely got a couple more years left. Right. Like I think his next contract is probably a one or two year deal, probably half of his con- his cap hit now. Uh, if I had to guess, well, you know, I don't think it'll necessarily be with the Capitals. I think they're going to want to get younger. I think, oh, probably on a good team. A third line. He's I mean, on the caps right now, I believe he's third line winger. Um, and so, you know, he's a guy that a team that is looking to make that push is going to bring him in on low money get to get a veteran, you know, like a New Jersey right now where they got a bunch of young guys. You bring in an OSHI, that actually would have made sense at the deadline if they, you know, after they got Timo Meyer, if New Jersey would have interested in OSHI. But like you bring in a, an older guy, a veteran guy, a guy who's won the cup, a guy who plays the game you need, the way you need to play it in the playoffs. You know, do you bring in a guy, like OSHI? I think that cap hit probably scared some
0: teams off of that.
1: But, you know, I like like I just, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see a little bit of a shake up of the core in the offseason.
0: Now we look at the Hershey Bears and they're doing really well in the AHL. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the AHL. Uh is there enough talent next year to bring up to make this a a, a playoff team next year? Is there enough talent in Hershey to make everybody kind of turn their heads and go, "Yeah, this was the right move." You know, if we're looking at Uh, March 2024 and we're going yeah it was right to let all these guys go uh Hershey's just brewing with talent and we're gonna bring them up and and they're faster than ever is that something we're gonna be saying
1: (laughs) uh no not in the way that you're phrasing it I think because like I think there are guys in Hershey I mean the Caps went out and signed Ethan Frank to a one-year deal starts next season yeah he's been turning a lot of heads I mean, literally, he skates really freaking fast. And so <laughs> yeah. you are like he gets going, you're like, whoa, where did he go? <laughs> um, but he I mean he's leading the Bears in goals right now at twenty-four. He's third on the team in points with 41. He's got twenty-four and seventeen. He's behind Mike Viccione. Mike Vic I don't know. I, he was at a Bears game. I can't remember pronounce his name and, and and Mike. Apparently he's behind both guys named Mike. And Mike Scarbosa and Mike Vecchion? Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. Mike it's Mike in the Mike in the morning. And so he's behind those guys in points. But aside from that, you know, he's doing pretty well. I think he's got an outside shot. He's a rookie right now down there in Hershey so or up there, you know, geographically. And so he's got an opportunity next season potentially to come in and do something. You know, and I'm sure they're going to give him a nice long look in training camp in September. Um, but there are a couple other guys that, you know, I think, you know, Connor McMichael, Hendricks LaPierre will both get looks at least in training camp, I think let's be honest, the new coaching staff are likely going to do things a little bit differently than this coaching staff where they'll give some of the younger guys, as well as I imagine McClellan when looking for new coaches. And I think part of that's because Laviolette's contract is up and they're probably just going to go their separate ways. Yeah, I don't think he's going to want to be next. I mean, they're going to be a team that's going to be pushing for the playoffs next season, which I'm sure a guy like Laviolette's going to want to be on a team that's wants to be in the playoffs. Like he's not going to go to Arizona or something like that. Watch now he's going to sign with them. Uh, but I think the next coaching staff, there's going to be a message from McClellan of like, we've got some young guys that we want to see what we've got here. Like you need to give them some minutes. But to an extent, they're going to have tape on them because they're going to get minutes now in the rest of this season, at least with like a guy like an Alexi F and maybe even on an Iorio. He'll probably, him and, and Gabriel Carlson will go back down once Favari and Jensen are back. And McClellan said in his press conference, doesn't think it's going to be too long. So, you know, maybe they're out a game or two. But I think a guy like Honor McMichael, LaPierre, I think Hendrik Borgstrom could get a, a nice look next season. Um, Iorio, definitely. Joe Snively definitely deserves to get another look. Um, you know, do you see a guy like a, a, a Henrik Rubinski, a, a Beck Malison, I actually think really has a good opportunity. Alexi Protis, um, Lucas Johansson. Like, these are all guys that could potentially make the team next season. I think if Malison hadn't gotten hurt, he probably is still playing in D.C. Mm-hmm. If I had yep. to guess. And I think... There are some people freaking out with – because the cap signed Albe Kubel to a new – he's a one-year, $1.225 million deal. Like, that's not enough to me that says he has to play on the fourth line every night. I think for Albe Kubel, if Mallinson comes into camp and plays better, Abe Kubel's a 13th forward or 14th forward, depending on what they decide to do. And that's not a huge cap hit that a team that likely will be near the the top again in terms of the ceiling – for the salary cap, I don't think that's going to hurt you too much. It's not a you know three million, four million dollars that are sitting in the press box every night, and so I think Beck Mallinson's really going to get a strong look in the summer and in the uh, in September to see how he's doing in terms of making this team next season. So I think there's definitely there's a bunch of guys in Hershey that could make this team next year. I just don't think it's necessarily going to be what's going to make or break this team next season. Maybe on the defense a little bit, but I think Favari doesn't count as a Hershey guy. Sandin doesn't count as a Hershey guy. So I think it's one of Alexiev or Lucas Johansson that comes in and, and is that you know fifth or sixth defenseman playing with someone like or is Trevor Van Riemsdyk. In regards to the forwards in the offseason, I think it's going to be some trades that they're going to make. I don't know if there's anybody that stands out really that's scheduled to be a free agent that I'm looking at going, yeah, this is the guy. Like I think they're going to go and make one of those like Troy Brower for TJ Oshie kind of trades where you're going to go and you're going to find an established-ish guy who can come in and play in the top six. And I think they need they need a winger and they need a goal scorer. And, you know, unless they trade Kuznetsov, then you're looking for another center, unless you're going to have Backstrom and Strom be your one and two. And if that's the case, then do you need a center? Is that McMichael or do you need a center to take over for Lars Eller as your third-line center? Because this team had some trouble having finding a third-line center prior to, to trading for Lars Eller. And so I think there's a number of moves – that'll all kind of coincide or work together. Like one domino falls in the next one, depending on what they decide to do in terms of where, or what this team looks like next, looks like next season. There we go.
0: I got to tell you, I was so incredibly happy. I did not get a text from you around three o'clock this afternoon saying Connor McMichael's heading this place. Henrik LaPierre is heading this place. Like I was so worried this entire week that, those guys are going to be hitting the road. And, yeah, we did lose a lot from the Caps here and a lot of established names, but I was so happy that it, there there was nothing that happened to the AHL level. Like, all of this young talent that was a part of this team has stayed with the Capitals, and I think that's a good thing.
1: Oh, 100% agree. And I think there was always the chance that they could have been moved, but it would have been for... A deal like um, the one we're talking about here, like the, the the Sundin kind of trait, like they would have right. brought in a young guy, uh, you know, a 22 to 24 year old, 25, maybe like someone that could help the team now that, you know, if McMichael or LaPierre make the NHL team next season, you're looking at it going, well, we have our guy who's also going to be around for quite a while. Like, I don't think that would have been something that would have hurt this team going forward, necessarily. Depending on what they brought in. If they went and brought in a 33-year-old, I'd be like, uh, or a 30-year-old, I'd be like, that's not a great plan. Like, if they went and got a younger guy, I'd be like, okay, I can see why you did that. Like, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I would have been anxious about that. I wouldn't necessarily have been thrilled about it. But if they brought in someone that can help the team now, then it's fine with me.
0: Well, anything else we should cover here in Caps World?
1: I'm actually going through the notes now to see what did we miss. uh so got hurt. I did find it interesting they hung on to Van Riemsdyk, but it sounds like that was where Elliot Friedman was talking about how the Caps were going to hang on to him because of the injuries to Jensen and Favari. I do wonder if the Caps would have moved him and what the offers were for Van Riemsdyk if those guys hadn't gotten hurt. I think that would, have been, And then um, Dylan McElrath got sent back down to Hershey. So there's a couple of guys that the Caps didn't end up trading in Van Riemsdyk and Connor Sheary and Anthony Mantha that I think everybody was kind of expecting was going to potentially get dealt. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens in the offseason. Shiri, of course, um, Craig Smith, Connor Shiri are the only forwards now. Oh, we had like a bunch of dudes. They're the only forwards now that are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. Defensively, you've got Van Reamsdijk and Matt Irwin scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. If Laviolette goes, I wouldn't be surprised to see Irwin go. Right. And then you've got to re sign Favari and Alexia, but they're restricted. So they're under team control. You've also got Connor Brown. I totally forgot about Connor Brown, but he needs, be, he needs to be re-signed if they decide they want to bring him back. And I think i think that kind of goes into – his potential new deal goes, I think, in along with who the new coaching staff is because they could look at that and go, you know what? This guy actually may have something. he I wouldn't be surprised if he got a new deal right around what he was making now. Maybe it's even a one-year deal of like a prove it kind of thing where he gets, okay, he's a cap hit of 3.6. Okay, you're doing – all right, we'll give you 3.75. One year, show us what you got in terms you know, then it does he get a longer deal and the Caps have an opportunity to sign him for a longer term, given he's going to be 30 on January 14th of next year. So, you know, maybe you let him go and you bring in someone else. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with him. But their situation in regards to what they need to do for next season, I think, looks a little bit clearer now. And I think the fact that they traded a bunch of guys to that were not going to come back anyways, like of all the players that they traded today, I didn't really see any of them coming back other than Eric Gustafson. Like, that's the one that I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I think this team is going to look pretty different next season on the forward. Like, the goalies aren't going to change. I think defense, we kind of have a good idea what we're going to see next season. I think forward-wise is going to be interesting in terms of what we have. You know, like we talked about, could be a big trade, and it sounds like McClellan was kind of teasing it in terms of the core. could have a bit of a shakeup. So I think that'll be really interesting to see next season.
0: Yeah, I guess we should say, and then there were what six, six left from that Stanley I think it's Cup. It's five year. now. It's five now that Eller gone.
1: I think with Eller gone, there's five left. And you know what? That's it's to that's be expected. Yeah, I mean it's a little quick, but I also go back and remember those years where Chicago was winning cups like every other year, and they would they would you know rebuild or retool on the fly. I mean they were trading guys left and right. They would max themselves out on a salary cap and then go to the Austin and be like, whoop, we're in trouble. And then they would trade a bunch of dudes and then rebuild it and win it again, like two, a season later. And so, you know, caps tried, it didn't work out. And now they're rebuilding a little bit, but I do like that. They're not doing full rebuild. They're rebooting a little bit.
0: They're rebooting. Yes. I'm I'm trying to remember what the, the last Scream movie called it. Was it a, a legacy sequel They had a special word for it. I I have to watch that movie again before A Scream 6 comes out. But they had a special name for it that had, like, characters from the old trilogy that come back for the new one or whatever. I can't remember what it was called. But anyway, so let's hope this is more Batman Begins than that 90s show. Let's hope it's more something good instead of something really, really kind of sad. Um, So that's it for what's going on in Caps World. Uh, Before we get out of here, though, we do want to send our condolences out. um, Former What the Puck guest and uh, awesome radio uh, play-by-play man for the Capitals, John Walton, unfortunately, over this past weekend, lost his brother uh, very tragically, very suddenly. Uh, We just want to put out there that uh, John Walton... Um, we uh, are thinking about you, you are in our thoughts and your family is in our prayers and uh, of course everybody, not just coach Dan and I but everybody for uh, the capitals are thinking about you and your family and this uh, just terrible time that you're going through and I hope uh, you know that uh, we are all here for you and um, we're thinking about you and you know it's it, this is never easy so, We're here to support you and take as much time as as you need to be with your family. That's the most important thing right now. So we're thinking about you, uh, Mr. Walton, and you and your family. So um, we just want to end it there. But um, everybody, let's just let's just have a a quick moment of silence um, for John Walton's brother. And then we will come back and go down on the farm. Alright everybody, welcome back to the show. Here we go, we're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays Coach Dan. What's going on down on the farm?
1: Let's start in Hershey where they actually switched up the main page on their website and I really like the new layout. It's actually like really helpful. It looks a little cleaner. It's got the schedule and it's got standings on the front. I like it. It's a good call. Whoever fixed it. Job look at this. While you're checking it out, let's go ahead and talk about what happened in the past week. They went two and one.
0: Ooh, uh, look at it this. Yeah,
1: it does. It looks nice, right?
0: Look at the standings, the games, and promos. Nicely done, I Bears.
1: Like I definitely like it. I think South Carolina either they also mixed up their website, or I just never have scrolled down enough. But they have <laughs> their schedule. <laughs> they have their schedule on it. Uh, on their front as well. But anyways, the Bears had two wins, over one over Lehigh Valley, one over Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division, one point up on second-place Providence. Now, they're back at it, hosting Toronto at the Giant Center tonight, where they're up 3-1. to one. Zach Vukale just made a save on a penalty shot, keeping that score at 3-1. to one. We will update you, as I don't know how much time... Oh, no, it looks like there's about... Probably right around between 13 and 15 minutes left to go in the game. We're obviously following it on Twitter, so I don't have a live score update at the moment. Anyways, they are going to be hosting Providence on Saturday before they actually take a nice week off. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 2-1 and one with wins over Fort Wayne and Atlanta. They're currently third in the South Division with 65 points, five back of first place Florida. They're also playing tonight, though I have not seen their score updated on Twitter anytime recently. So either that game is really boring or their Twitter guy fell asleep, which also makes it sound like it'd be boring. Anyways, they're playing tonight hosting Atlanta at the North Charleston Coliseum. They'll do it again on Saturday night, also against Atlanta, before they host Orlando on Sunday. Another Stingray's news they matched a franchise record with five team goals scored on the man advantage against atlanta with a final score of seven to three let's get some prospect news in as 2022 third round pick alexander Suzilev. he recorded his first career whl hat trick on saturday night against the brandon wheat kings the former team brandon of eric fair oh okay also i feel like that should be your favorite team in the whl for obvious reasons i was about to say (laughs) and <laughs> has also been named the league's rookie of the month for the second time this season. I'm excited about this kid. I think him, Miroslav uh McMichael, Lapierre, like caps have some decent prospects coming through. It's just going to be a couple years before we see these guys. That's what's going on down at the farm. Brandon, why don't you take us with the week Kings? Take us around the NHL. And
0: everybody welcome back here we go we are going around the nhl and beyond there is plenty of stuff to talk about because it is the nhl trade deadline and coach dan's gonna wrap it all up while i drink another sip here of my pink whitney's it's not soda it's just pink whitney it's just straight vodka so coach dan have at it tell us all about the trade deadline
1: oh man
0: everybody buckle up this is gonna take a minute
1: I'm actually going to get my water ready because I may have to cut it because there are a fair number of trades that happened and they started a while ago. The trade deadline, like actual day of deadline has gotten super boring over the last couple of years because <laughs> everyone gets traded ahead of time. I'd say the NHL should just bump the trade deadline up, but then they'll just make the trades earlier than that. So, it, well, right. I, you know, it just made I feel like the only people that really get affected by them making all these trades really early are the commentators. Because they spend a whole day of being like, I don't know what's going on. Like, they're, they're, what do you, what do you, what do you, you, on your end? Nothing. What do you got? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Did you see, by the way, before we go through all the trades, did you see the TSN video about Boudreaux? I did watch that, yes. That was brilliant. And there's one part where he almost breaks character that I thought was pretty funny. You see him starting to smile. I think it's when he's making fun of James Duffy. but I thought that was actually really funny. So that was well done, TSN. And can we get Boudreaux on the Caps uh, broadcast? Ah, oh, it'd be so much fun.
0: It's not like he's going to be leaving Hershey, I'd imagine, anytime soon. I mean, there might be a a, a, a head coach job available soon.
1: Didn't he say after Minnesota, he he left Minnesota, or while well, he was still with the Wild, that he was he didn't really want to coach after that. And then he went to the Canucks. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that didn't work out. But the Canucks are a mess right now. But anyways, here we go. Some trades. Now I'm not including the trades we already talked about in, in weeks past. So we know a couple big ones went down right beforehand, like uh Bo going out to the Islanders and Tarasenko to the Rangers. But let's start with Nashville. They sent winger Nino Niederreiter to Winnipeg for a 2024 second round pick. Dallas brought in winger Yevgeny Dadanov from Montreal for winger Dennis Gryanov. Vegas got winger Ivan Barbashev from St. Louis for center Zach Dean. In a major trade, we brought this up a little bit earlier, New Jersey brought in wingers. This trade was nuts because it was like nine dudes and a whole bunch of draft picks. Like, this surprised me. I thought it was just going to be like Timo Meyer for a bunch of picks. Anyways, New Jersey got Timo Meyer, Timur Ibrahimov, Defe- you think I would try, but here we go. Defenseman Scott Harrington and Santari Hataka. Goalie Zachary Emond and a 2024 fifth round pick from San Jose. For wingers, Andreas Janssen, Fabian Zetterlin. Defenseman Shakir Mukamudalin and Nikita Okhotik. A 2023 first round pick, a conditional 2024 first round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. Now, apparently Tampa Bay doesn't believe in draft picks. They just send them out like it's they're freaking candy. Yeah. They sent defenseman Cal Foote a 2023 third round pick. Sorry, 2023 third, fourth, and fifth round pick, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2025 first round pick to Nashville for winger Tanner Gianna. Tampa does not care about draft picks. They have like one draft pick or something, three draft picks, something like that, in the next either at least this season, maybe even next season. Chicago sent defenseman Jake McCabe center Sam Lafferty and a conditional fifth round pick in 2024 and 2025 to Toronto for wingers Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev, a conditional 2025 first round pick and a 2026 second round pick. Carolina brought in winger Jesse Puljujarvi from Edmonton for winger Patrick Puistola. The Islanders brought in winger Pierre Engvall from Toronto for a 2024 third round pick. Do you also see how Toronto traded? They have like nine defensemen on their roster now. Like they this brought in many. Eric Gustafson, and he I don't even think he's in their top six at the moment. It's been weird. Toronto, not done there. They brought in, as I mentioned, they brought back defenseman Luke Shen from Vancouver for a 2023 third round pick. Nashu continued their rebuild, sending defenseman Matias Eckholm and a 2024 sixth round pick to Edmonton for defenseman Tyson Berry, winger Reed Schaefer, a 2023 first round pick, and a 2024 fourth round pick. Now, Minnesota didn't only bring in Marcus Johansson as they got winger Gustav Nyquist and a 20, sorry, and uh, from Columbus for a 2023 fifth round pick. Now, I know this one upset you a little bit, all right? So if you want to take a sip while we're going through this one, you can. Arguably the biggest trade of this deadline occurred as Chicago sent winger Patrick Kane and defenseman Cooper Zeck to the Rangers for defenseman Andy Walensky, a conditional 2023 second round pick and a 2025 fourth round pick. I know a lot of people were expecting Chicago to get more for Patrick Kane, but he kind of forced their hand in terms of making that trade. So I think they got the best they could based on what was available and what they could actually pull off.
0: Now, he, see, he's just he's just a rental, right? For New York,
1: you know. I think he. I don't know. Is he? Hold on, let me check real fast. Catfriendly.com. dot com. Thank you, dude. That guy's the people over at CatFriendly have been busy over the last like two weeks. It's been a little nuts for them. Patrick Kane. Yes, he technically is a rental, though. I'm sure they could find a way to re-sign him. He's uh he's only 34. He'll be 35. On November nineteenth. So, is there any chance
0: that he would go be a capital in July?
1: Ah, uh, if I'm the Caps, I'm not interested. Okay, we need to get younger, not older. Which is <laughs> but what we be it's doing. It's Patrick
0: Kane. Could you imagine I him? Care. Like I, I don't just any yes, combo. It
1: would be great. It just doesn't make sense in my mind,
0: especially considering what he's going to cost. I'm going to get a Capitals jersey tee with his name on it. I'm going to put it right next to my Lundquist t-shirt.
1: I think they have a better chance of getting a Vander Kane than Patrick Kane. (laughs) Anyway, LA got defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov and goalie Jonas Korpisalo from Columbus for goalie Jonathan Quick. This is the only trade that made me go, wow, seeing that Jonathan Quick got traded. They also got a conditional 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. And we're going to bring Jonathan Quick's name up again in just a moment. Carolina got defenseman Shane Gossespierre from Arizona for a 2026 third round pick Vancouver brought in defenseman Philip Hronick and a 2023 fourth round pick from Detroit for a conditional 2023 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick Ottawa. This one actually annoyed me. Ottawa won the Chukran sweep sweep when they, oh, let me try that again. Ottawa won the Chukrin sweepstakes when they brought in the defenseman from Arizona for a conditional 2023 first round pick a conditional 2024 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick I kind of feel like the caps could have won up Ottawa a little bit there and brought in Chukrin that bothers me a little bit because I really think that could have been nice but putting him Carlson Favari Jensen and Sundin, I mean, that's a nice five to be able to throw, like, Alexiev or someone in there as well. I really think that would have been nice. But didn't happen. But,
0: we move on. But the big thing here, it seemed to be the money. It was that uh, Ottawa was willing to take on his contract where everyone else wanted Arizona to hold, like, you know, still pay for half of his contract that he was due. And Ottawa was like, no, 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 we'll take the money. We'll we'll take the full the full salary as well. And that's how they won that sweepstakes.
1: I mean, I know... He's gonna be. He's got two years left on his L four point six. So he's not. He's gonna cost a bit. But this is a guy you can build your defense around.
0: Sure. But it was all about money. That's what it was.
1: I see, to me that doesn't make sense for the Caps. I feel like they could have made it work. You know, I don't know. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity for the Capitals. But we move on. They got Sandine. He's gonna be a nice pick. He could. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll end up being better. So we move on. San Jose brought in winger Vladislav Nemstakov from Tampa for winger Michael. East Pittsburgh got winger Michael Granlin from Nashville for a 2023 second-round pick. Boston got winger Tyler Bertuzzi from Detroit for a 2024 first-round pick and a 2025 fourth-round pick. Columbus, who had recently gotten Jonathan Quick, they sent him to Vegas for goalie Michael Hutchinson and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Edmonton got center Nick Bugstad and defenseman Cam Dineen from Arizona for defenseman Michael Kesselring. I feel like that sounds like a name out of Star Wars. It's true. The Kessel tw- Ring. 12 parsecs. The Kessel Ring. And a, tw- <laughs> and a 2023 third round pick. Chicago sent. This trade happened at like 1130. 30. Chicago sent center Max Domi and goalie Dylan Wells to Dallas for goalie Anton Q. and a 2025 second round pick. Former cap Jacob Verana, he was sent to St. Louis for. Detro- uh, sorry, from Detroit for center Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 seventh round pick. Pittsburgh continued to risk their future for the now sending a 2023 fifth and seventh round pick to San Jose for winger Nick Benino. Vancouver sent winger Curtis Lazar to New Jersey for a 2024 fourth round pick. Now I mentioned earlier, we talked about Nemstakov. He then uh, he went to San Jose. The Sharks then flipped him to Winnipeg for a 2025 fourth round pick. Pittsburgh stayed busy bringing in defenseman, Dmitry Kulikov from Anaheim for winger Brock McGinn and a third round pick TSN didn't list the year that that well, was part that pick is in. Buffalo brought in winger Jordan Greenway from Minnesota for a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 fifth round pick. We got two more to go. Hang in there. Minnesota got Oscar Sundquist from Detroit for a 2023 fourth round pick and finally in a uh, actually history-breaking trade Brandon Calgary sent winger Brett Ritchie and defenseman Connor Mackey to Arizona for winger Nick Ritchie and defenseman Troy Stetcher. Now, the reason this trade is interesting and noteworthy is it's the first time in NHL history that brothers have been traded for each other. Brett Ritchie is the older brother of Nick Ritchie. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So I saw that trade. I was like, I wonder if they're related. Turns out they are. Now, trades weren't the only thing that was happening. Since we last talked, there have been a couple of big-name signings. Detroit signed – actually, we may have talked about this one last time. I can't recall. Jake Wallman, defenseman for Detroit, he signed a three-year deal cap. It comes out to $3.2 million a year. We talked about Nick Jensen. Dylan Larkin also re-signed with Detroit. He was scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. Eight years – $69.6 Sixty-nine point six million cap. It comes out to eight point seven million dollars a year. He's twenty-six years old. He's not leaving Detroit anytime soon. Boston re-signed David Pasternak to eight years, ninety million dollars. That's eleven point two five million dollars a year. And let's see what was there? there. Was one more that I'm missing out on. Nashville re-signed defenseman Dante Fabro. He signed one year, $2.5 million. Now, it's not just about money. Well, actually, I guess this one is about money. That was about people getting paid. This is about people giving it back. Shockingly, one of them is Boston's Brad Marchand. He ended up getting fined $5,000 for a dangerous trip against the Blue Jackets' Oliver Bjorkstrand. Vancouver's Christian Wolanin, he was... I wonder if any of these guys actually got traded that I just talked about. That didn't occur to me until just this moment. So I may have these teams wrong in the end. Vancouver's Christian Willanin, he was fined two thousand twenty-seven dollars and three cents. Don't forget about the three cents; that's important. He got fined for slashing Dallas's Ty Delandria, and Dallas's Colin Miller. He got fined five thousand dollars for what is going on with that game? That was two fines out of one game. Vancouver's he elbowed Vancouver's Nils Amon, and suspensions. Tampa Bay's Eric Cernak got suspended for two games for elbowing Buffalo's Kyle Okposo, And the Rangers' Ke'Andre Miller, he got suspended for three games for unsportsmanlike conduct against L.A.'s Drew Doughty. He spit on him. That's
0: gross. It is gross.
1: Why are you doing that? That's disturbing.
0: Have we learned nothing from COVID?
1: Yeah, for real. Come on now. In, uh, in some rather interesting things that I did not see coming, Nashville and actually former capital general manager David Poyle announced his retirement. He actually will be retiring on June 30th after 26 seasons with the Predators. He's the only general manager in Nashville history, and he's going to be replaced by someone we know quite well here in D.C., Stanley Cup winning coach Barry Trotz will be the next general manager of the Nashville Predators. I don't like it. Uh, I like it for them. I was kind of hoping he'd come back to DC, but I guess that was never in the cards. And finally, a bit of beyond news as Brianna Decker, an Olympic gold medalist and world champion. She announced her retirement from the U S women's national team this past Thursday during her USA hockey career. Decker helped team USA win gold at the 2018 games in Pyeongchang and silver at the 2014 games in Sochi and the 2022 games in Beijing. Now, Decker also won gold on six occasions in silver twice at the IIHF Women's World Championships. Congratulations to her on an outstanding career with Team USA. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic to see. That's news for the past week in the NHL
0: beyond. All right, Coach Stan, well, is that the show for this week?
1: That's it, buddy. I'm sure something will happen tomorrow. Even though the trade deadline is past, something crazy will happen.
0: Yes, that's how it goes here. Look out for Saturday. The update big. In the
1: Bears game. Uh oh. It's now four to two, Hershey.
0: All right, go Hershey. Go Chocolate Town. I was actually mm-hmm. in Chocolate Chocolate, chocolate Town this past Monday. I was a little bummed uh there was no game going on.
1: Which time is left in this one. That'd be nice to know. <laughs> Looks like they the Bears scored their late the fourth goal at about seven twenty six to go. That was about two minutes ago. So we're probably looking at what, like four minutes to go in the game? Probably run right about now.
0: Something about that. Something like yeah. Well, if you guys would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP
1: Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff. I'm also on there talking about Arsenal Football Club, top of the table right now. Got big game tomorrow against Bournemouth, tomorrow being Saturday. And, uh, yeah, also on there talking about the Bills. Interesting things going on with their offseason with Leslie Frazier deciding to take a year off on. They're talking about the commanders. Lots of stuff should be happening actually around them. Uh, positive things, ideally in the next couple of weeks, not so great things about the commanders and your Ravens to an extent regarding these grades that the team's got. Commanders got an F in like everything. Like, yeah. Not that anyone was shocked by any of this, but like, wow, that's embarrassing. But I, you know what? It all starts at the top and hopefully the guy at the top is going to get the, you know what, out of here pretty soon. So, but yeah, that's finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Tampa. Hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash whatthepunkpod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals. Hershey Bears, who are still up 4-2. to Be nice to know how much time is left in the game. Uh, on their time, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs, the National Hockey League, and other things related to hockey that Brandon finds funny. We'll post them at Facebook.com slash pod. Brandon, just a moment ago we were talking. Actually, right here I'm seeing something about the uh, Baltimore Ravens
0: and Lamar Jackson. If someone happens to be a fan of the same team that you follow, is there a podcast they should listen to? Sorry, you can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. That's where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. Uh, But uh, it looks like the Baltimore Ravens are are going through a rough patch right now because everybody's mad at them. All the players are airing out that dirty laundry right now. It's kind of sad. And uh, they also got rid of the uh, the playmakers, which I'm really, really bummed about. They were like the Baltimore Ravens' uh, Red Rockers. Uh, but anyway, you can check out my Baltimore Ravens show called The Call. Whenever something happens, if Lamar signs this new deal that potentially is on the table from what I'm reading, he won't, but he could. Uh, We will be doing a show on the call whenever that happens. I think we're kind of just on this offseason Lamar watch. That's all we're waiting for. Will he sign the contract? Will he not? That's nothing else matters until that happens. But that's my Baltimore Ravens show called The Call. Now, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you let people know about it. Let people know. Be social with the show. Let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Discord and Hive. Anywhere you're social or on the web or with your phone. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck and you should, too. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Coach Dan, let's go over these games until we talk again. On Saturday, March 4th, the Capitals are in San Jose up against the Sharks. That game is at 6 o'clock in the afternoon here on the Eastern Seaboard. You can watch that show or you can watch that game on NBC Sports Washington Plus. And then on Monday, March 6th, the Capitals are up against the Kings in L.A., in Hollywood. That game is at 1030 at night. Coach Dan's staying up. He's dedicated. He's watching that whole game.
1: Absolutely uh, not
0: watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. And then we'll be back. I don't know when. So I'm going to give you the games for the uh, the two games after that as well. So on Thursday, March 9th, the Capitals are back home in D.C. They're back from the West Coast. That game's at 7 o'clock up against the Devils. You can watch it locally on NBC Sports Washington. And then on Saturday, March 11th, the Capitals travel up to Long Island up against the Islanders. That game's at 730 in New York, and you can watch that one locally on NBC Sports Washington. That is pretty much it for the show this week, Coach. And I got to tell you, I think that we guessed who would what goalie would be playing what game a week or so ago, and we completely got it wrong. No, nah. like Darcy Darcy Kemper did back to back. I said back Kemper was
1: backs. playing. The, yeah, I said. Well, that <clears throat> got that back to back part wrong. Although it didn't yeah. go so well in the second game. It I had did him not. Play in the Rangers.
0: Um. Darcy smash though that was pretty great I really enjoyed that like he got angry man broke that stick he wasn't playing around I'm not, I'm never ticking that guy off
1: that game was ugly uh huh his team is just kind of ugly this season
0: yeah what well, happens to the best of us well that is pretty much it for the show this week everybody say it loud say it proud let's go Caps This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by
1: DJ Wolfman, voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information,
0: go to BrandoCash.com.